When the water supply of Flint, Michigan became poisoned, it took five years, millions of dollars, and numerous local, state, and federal entities to reverse. But in the village of Flanders, circa 1507, they had a much more simple and reliable solution. Send a child to find a unicorn. Follow along as we go on an adventure that takes us across fields and valleys, through caves and forests, from high heights to low depths, to find the magic of the unicorn. Will we find the sorceress who may lead us to the unicorn's hiding place? Do unicorn horns fix water wells, or are they only good for aphrodisiacs? Will we possibly discover ninjas? Find out on Reliterated, the podcast that doesn't need folk remedies to keep you satisfied. Welcome to Reliterated, the lowbrow book club of three grown-ass men reading the children's books popular in the 1990s, but with 2020's hindsight. Fair warning, we use language too mature for kids, analysis too immature for literary scholars, and ignorance too profound to be inoffensive to everyone. You can interact with us and enjoy all kinds of bonus content by searching Reliterated on Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, YouTube, and Facebook, or you can ask us questions, suggest future episodes, or tell us what we've missed by sending us an email at Reliterated at gmail.com. And we will read your message on the show, unless it's hate mail, death threats, or, you know, if, if they're funny enough death threats, we might read them too. But uh, if they're like serious death threats, just better off not sending them. Or, you know, if you simply ask us not to read what you send us, we won't read that either. My name's Andy, and with me, as always, are Harold, tonight's narrator, Ooh. and Josh, tonight's listener. <laughs> and I will be the other listener tonight, for we are doing our second edition of Choose Your Own Adventure, and Harold will be reading this week. And the book of choice is The Magic of the Unicorn, written by one Deborah Lerm Goodman. Deborah Lerm Goodman. That is a lovely name, Lerm. It is. <laughs> <laughs> a little better than Craighead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not to cast aspersions on Gene Craighead George. It's just an odd name. Yeah. <laughs> I've never heard Craighead before. Yeah, I've heard Craig, but adding that whole head to it's just... Right. What is a Craighead? Hmm. Ooh, sounds like a fancy crackhead. Hmm. <laughs> Maybe it's a... Super hardcore Craigslist fan. Ooh, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> so Deborah Lerm Goodman has written a few Choose Your Own Adventure books. Uh, others include The Throne of Zeus, The Trumpet of Terror, and I believe Return of the or uh, Rescue of the Unicorn. She has written a couple books for the Smithsonian Institute, and uh, she's written some articles, uh, mostly about textiles. She has been involved in schools and, and worked with a mayor's office. She learned Chinese and even lived in China. And eventually she got a job teaching English to adult immigrants, which is a great thing because uh, immigrants, you know, build this country. So it's uh, it's good that she dreamed of having the job to help teach them English. She currently lives in Cambridge, Massachusetts, and her husband's name is John. 
And she's apparently into yoga. Yeah, she's apparently into yoga. I saved the picture and I will be sharing it on the Instagram and the Reddit of, of her in a yoga position. That was very surprising when I first turned on or looked into the page. And what's uh, she doing with her foot there? Is she like messing with a bird feeder or something? It looks like, yeah, it looks like she's trying to knock down like a hummingbird feeder or hold it up. <laughs> Maybe she's holding it up so somebody else can hang it. Mm. <laughs> Hey, she's just an active old lady who likes to stretch and kick. (laughs) I'm willing to bet that she's got more stamina than the three of us put together. Oh, by far. Yeah, yeah. So (laughs) I'm working on it. I just hope that her knowledge of textiles is going to come in handy in the story of a unicorn. Ooh, I think it will. I mean, textiles were important in the age of unicorns. So are we ready to go on this adventure, fellas? I am so excited. I hope there are (laughs) trolls, because I know that trolls eat Mm -hmm. unicorns, but that's about all I know about unicorns. (laughs) Personally, I'm wondering if we're going to run into some ninjas. Ooh, are we going to go back in time? Because then we might. (laughs) It's just casually thrown out there. Yes, if that option comes up, we are going back in time. Yeah. Absolutely. (laughs) We learned our lesson last time. I won't even ask. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. Let's break into this this magical piece of, of literature. Here we go. This book is different from other books. You and you alone, or, you know, you and a couple of your friends, are in charge of what happens in this story. There are dangers, choices, adventures, and consequences. You must use all of your numerous talents and much of your enormous intelligence. The wrong decision could end in disaster, even death. But don't despair. At any time, you can go back and make another choice, alter the path of your story, and change its result. I disagree. We get one mulligan. (laughs) (laughs) The only water supply for your small forest village has become polluted beyond repair. Your wise friend, Marie Claire, sends you off with a magical talisman in hopes that you'll be able to save your village from demise. Can you solve the town riddle and find the sorceress? Even if you find her, will she be able to purify the well? Does a unicorn reside in the forest? Its horn is said to fix even the worst of ailments. But is it too late to save it? A fire-breathing dragon, angry warlock, and devilish duchess all stand in your path. You must muster all of your bravery, quick thinking, and creativity to weave a magical route to safety for your village and yourself. Let's say your friend is Marie Claire, like the uh, the magazine. Yeah, yeah. Marie Claire. Marie Claire. Yeah. Also the name of a uh, a woman's glamour magazine. Very nice. Well, she apparently is helping you in the summer of 1507. Awesome. (laughs) And we're harvesting a unicorn for its horn to purify our water supply. eh? Right? No wonder they got to rescue the unicorn at some point. We're trying to cut its horn off to fix a water supply here. (laughs) It's just like the rhinos. Yep. (laughs) It's not going to make your dick hard. That's going to be a choice. It's not going to make your dick hard. Go get Viagra. Does ground up unicorn give you a better better boner? <laughs> All right. I wonder if that's going to be the ultimate choice that we have to make. Do we do we kill the unicorn and harvest its horn, or do we let it keep the the horn and like basically a paragon renegade choice? <laughs> I've been playing Mass Effect. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we will see. All right, let's go renegade on this unicorn. Let's do it. The summer of 1507 is exceptionally dry throughout Flanders. Fires scorch the forest. 
crops wither and animals collapse from thirst. Nowhere is the drought as severe as in your own small village. Just last week, when you went to check the dwindling water supply, you discovered a dead rat floating in the well upon which everyone depended. Since then, the water has been foul and tainted. The barrels of rainwater are nearly empty, and all attempts to dig a new well have yielded nothing but dry earth. One morning, after weeding the field you inherited when your parents died ten years ago, you pay a visit to Marie Claire. She is the oldest person in the village and one of your special friends. And she's got some great beauty tips. Yes. <laughs> Some of the people say this might be the last summer any of us lives to see, you tell her sadly. None of the other villages around has enough water to share with us, and it's hopeless to keep trying to dig a new well. I wish there was something I could do about it. Marie Claire looks up from her knitting. You could try to lure a unicorn to the well. Why, the touch of its horn purifies even poison. But Marie Claire, you exclaim, around here unicorns are rarer than water. I bet it would be easier to find the sorceress than a unicorn. That's a good idea, she replies. I'm sure the sorceress knows all about unicorns. Why don't you look for her? But no one has seen her in years. You remind Marie Claire, the last person who tried to find her never returned. Ah, but you are ten times smarter than anyone who has ever searched for the sorceress. If anyone can find her, it is you. Although you feel flattered, you are not sure you are really clever enough. Well, I'll give it a try. I wonder if I still remember that riddle describing the way to find the sorceress. Is this right? You take a deep breath and recite. Near a land reserved for woe, in a place that's high but low, watch which way the bat doth go, find me there, and I will know. Perfect, says Marie Claire. As she hands you a glass pendant shaped like a raindrop, put on my good luck talisman. Use it as you need it, my friend. You say goodbye to Marie Claire, then roam the parched fields. After pondering the riddle, you think of two places reserved for woe. The sorceress could mean the village graveyard or the small camp outside the village where two men who suffer from leprosy live in gloomy isolation. If you decide to go to the leper camp, turn to page eight. If you head for the graveyard, turn to page 12. Hmm, okay, our first decision to make here, Josh. Yeah, also, I like that it is the land of Flanders, Oakley Doakley. So, <laughs> Oakley Doakley. So, uh, I would say... Read the riddle one more time. Yes. Okay. Near a land reserved for woe, in a place that's high but low, watch which way the bat doth go, find me there, and I will know. A place hmm. reserved for woe. And it's high, not low? Hmm. That is high but low. High, but, high low. but low. Did they describe the cemetery as being like higher elevation? Did they give any clues with the? <laughs> is there a topographical <laughs> map? Yeah. Village graveyard <laughs> or small camp outside the village where two men who suffer from leprosy live in gloomy isolation. And that's all we have. <laughs> that's hmm. what you got. I mean, it's 1507. Yep. Leprosy is a death sentence in 1507. So I would say the graveyard based on that alone. I also would say the graveyard based on how old the the hint probably is, because I'm not sure how long the uh, leper colony has been established. The, mm -hmm. grave, the graveyard's probably been 
around longer. I say graveyard. Yeah, I say graveyard. Let's go graveyard. Even though the path to the graveyard is all downhill, you are hot and thirsty by the time you arrive there. You sit in the shade of a drooping tree to cool off. As you watch parched leaves float to the dusty ground, you consider the next line of the riddle. In a place that's high but low, what can be both high and low? Looking around, you notice the rolling slopes of the hills along the far side of the graveyard. They seem to be both high and low, but then the church bell rings, striking noon. Turning, you realize the steeple of the church also fits the riddle. The church itself is in a low valley, but the steeple towers high above the village. If you walk over to the hills, turn to page 5. If you enter the church, turn to page 16. Hmm. I'd say the hills. I feel like the riddle is longer than, has been there longer than, say, the church has been there. And... Because we're doing a lot of things that are pagan, I don't think it'd be a church. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I I think we uh, might be at an impasse here because I, I'm leaning towards the, the steeple of the church. Let's debate it a little bit. What's the reason for the church and what's the reason for the hills? Again, I say mm. the hills because it's natural. It's been there longer. It has nothing to do with religion, which <laughs> I a mean, unicorn is not. I've never heard of the unicorn being in the Bible. What about the unicorn that Jesus rode? Again, that was an ass. <laughs> <laughs> with a horn. Just because it had a horn doesn't mean yeah. it was a unicorn. It was they, an they, ass. They put it no, on there because not... it was Palm Sunday, right? No, but this, this riddle is uh, leading to a sorceress, not a unicorn. Right. Oh, that's right. Hmm. So, th- yeah, I still double down on my hill because... A sorceress would not go anywhere, like near a church. The hill or just seems like, like too general to be a landmark. You know, take the turn at the bottom of the hill. How is that a bad general landmark? That's a good landmark. I mean, we're talking about like hills, right? Like a hilly area. Yeah, it's hills. It's yeah. It's I not still like say a my, hill. Still, it's multiple I'm, hills. I'm still saying hills. I go with hills. Josh, of course, Josh is gonna be difficult because now I've got to break the tie. Yep. <laughs> All right, tiebreaker. Josh, Josh makes a, a solid argument that if we're looking for a sorceress, you know, the hills have been there longer than this church. But then again, is this sorceress immortal or would this sorceress have been alive only during the period that this church existed? Guess it depends on how good of a sorceress she is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and how old the church is, which I'm mm. guessing it's part of the graveyard. Or did they just build onto the graveyard once they needed, once once a religion actually took... Like, they put graves in, like, sanctified ground around churches, right? They do, but so they, they could established have predated. The church they, with the... They could have pre... Well, the cemetery could have been there before the, the church cemetery. was. Well, mm. the last... The next part of the riddle was watch which way the bat doth go. I feel like a bat is more likely to be in a natural setting than a building. So... I am going to, Josh is making a solid argument for time and, and uh, landmark that wouldn't disappear. So I'm going to go with, with page five, but okay. I'm going to, if we come to another one of these, I'm automatically going the other way. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You decide to climb to the top of the highest hill. Once there, you wipe your brow and look around. Feeling a little perplexed, you remind yourself of the next line of the riddle. Watch which way the bat doth go, but there are no bats in sight. As you pace impatiently, wondering what to do, you come upon a cave opening near the top of the hill. 
You poke your head inside, but it is too dark to see anything. Hello, hello, you call, but only your own voice echoes back. The cave seems like a perfect place to find a bat, and maybe even the sorceress as well. If you think it best to watch for a bat before you do anything else, turn to page 24. If you enter the cave to look for a bat, turn to page 33. Hmm. Well, I feel like if we go into the cave to look for the bat, the bat's only going to go one direction and that's out. Whereas if we wait for the bat, then we'll see which direction it goes from the cave. I feel like we should go into the cave. I mean, I want right. to go into the cave, so let's go into the cave. <laughs> We're going into the cave. I was just I trying he's... to, I was just like, hey, this is the logical, but you know what? It would be way cooler to go into the cave. So that's what I'll do next time. I'll just be like, this is the logical, but I want to go into the cave. <laughs> I mean, the cave is where bats go anyway, so. Exactly. The cave is so dark you can't see where you're walking. You grope slow along slowly. Suddenly, you feel a stone wobble beneath your feet. You find yourself plunging through the blackness deep into the earth. 450 years later, a team of geologists discovers your skeleton. They spend several days trying to figure out what you were doing in such a deep chasm, but are unable to reach a conclusion. The end. Way to go, Andy. <laughs> awesome. We how, dead. How, how far back do we want to go? I just want to go back, back to, to the, I want to go back to the beginning of the cave. Because, again, so I think back that if, to we waiting wait for for a the, bat? if we wait for the bat, we can see which way the bat flies. All right. <laughs> okay, let's just not go in the cave. Okay. We went to the cave and then we died. The end. Yep. <laughs> we're going to we're going to time travel backwards. We should get slide whistles all of us <laughs> for that specific purpose. <laughs> I thought I needed a slide whistle after the last episode when I really wanted to have a slide whistle, so I got one. Oh nice. That's great. Okay. We are going to wait for the bat on page 24. Sweat streams down your face as you wait by the cave. At sunset, you finally spot a bat zigzagging through the air. Instead of flying into the cave beside you, it soars to the side of the hill where you follow it into a second cave you haven't seen before. You shiver with excitement as you grope your way through the darkness, listening to the sound of beating wings. Suddenly, lightning streaks across your path, striking the ground just inches from your toes. Before you can catch your breath, a second bolt flashes followed immediately by yet another. Your heart is pounding with terror when you hear some someone mutter, Magic Mother of Merlin! Where's the thunder? <laughs> Who's there? You call nervously. <laughs> Page 32. An enormous flash of lightning illuminates the cave, revealing a wizened old woman draped in purple velvet. A visitor! She exclaims. And the next thing you know, daylight has replaced the darkness. Congratulations! She cackles. It's been 261 years since anyone has been able to find me. I hope I didn't scare you. I was just practicing my storms. For the life of me, I can't get the thunder to work. You open your mouth to say hello, but instead of your voice, a deep rumble of thunder emerges from the back of your throat. There's the thunder, she shrieks gleefully. <laughs> you are afraid to open your mouth again. Don't be shy, says the sorceress warmly. I want to know why you've come. Hesitantly, you part your lips a bit. No thunder roars. So you tell the sorceress about the tainted water in your village. She shakes her head. Sorry to disappoint you, but I can't clean up your mess in your well. Water is not my domain. Never has been, never will be. Why? I can't even create rain to go with my lightning and now thunder. Who is this voice reminding me of? <laughs> you are undaunted. 
<laughs> what about unicorns? Do you know anything about them? You ask the sorceress. I've heard they can purify water. The words have barely left your lips when you see a handsome unicorn stepping lightly around the cave. You reach out to stroke its flank, but the unicorn vanishes abruptly. Just an illusion, the sorceress explains. It's as close as I can come to creating a real unicorn, but it's no good for cleaning water. Have you ever seen a real unicorn, you ask? Several times, she replies. There's a unicorn living right out right here in the forest. Can you tell me where to find it in the forest? She shakes her head. I'm afraid not, but I should be able to help you some other way. If you'll excuse me, I'm going to change into something more comfortable. I always think more clearly as the wind. You watch with astonishment as she flings her purple robe over her shoulder and spins until she seems to be a lavender tornado. The next thing you know, the tornado fades and a cold wind rushes around the cave, howling and shrieking. A violet cloud slowly forms and from it, the sorceress emerges. I've got it, she announces breathlessly. I can cast one of two spells, and that may help you find the unicorn. I can give you the power to speak with animals, or I can knit you a golden net for catching magical beasts. Take your pick. It's the textiles. If you answer, I want to be able to talk with animals, turn to page 45. If you say, would you please make me that golden net, turn to page 49. How big is this net? I mean, it's big enough to catch magical animals. Is it a tiny net? I don't know. It doesn't say. It says it's a golden net that catches magical animals. It catches magical animals, and it's related to textiles. And based on the the author's background, (laughs) I say we go with the textile solution. Man, but I want to talk to animals. But, I mean, if it's a tiny net, that will always cause people to be disrupted. (laughs) You can talk to animals. It's just the spell is, you know, are are you going to understand each other? Yeah, <laughs> right. That's but you can you can talk to animals all you want. Right. I mean, I talk to animals all the time, so yeah, that's right. Um, but yeah, if you throw a golden net on them, they get the message. Yeah, let's 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 do this net. I say let's let's get them with the all net. All right, the net it is. I haven't made this kind of net for a few centuries. The sorceress warns. I hope it works. She sprinkles some herbs into a pot over the fire. Blood of a griffin, scales of a dragon, she recites as she continues to add ingredients, and a unicorn's eyelash. She stirs the concoction and tosses in some golden powder. The sorceress dips a pair of knitting needles into the shimmering potion. Your eyes widen with amazement as you watch her swiftly knit a sparkling net. There, she sighs. Now use it carefully. This net can snare any magical creature, not just a unicorn. The sorceress leads you out of her cave. When she sees night has fallen, she says, Are you sure you want to begin your search now? You can come back to the cave with me and get a fresh start in the morning. Thank you for everything, you reply. But I think there's enough moonlight for me to see where I'm going. You wave goodbye and set off for the forest. You are walking through a thicket of pines when you realize you forgot to ask the sorceress how to use the net. Should you set a trap with it or try to cast it over the unicorn once you find it? If you think it's better to wait until you see a unicorn to use the net, turn to page 60. If you decide this is a perfect spot to construct a trap with the net, turn to page 63. Well, she's told us that the net is useful for not just catching unicorns, so we should probably check our target before we, uh, we use our net. I concur. Let's keep the net. Let's wait until we spot it. Yeah. All righty. Jump that unicorn. Fuck yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. 
You walk through the moonlit forest searching for the unicorn. Finally, you become too tired to continue. You curl up beneath a pine tree and fall asleep, clutching the golden net tightly. As you float in and out of dreams, you sense someone or something watching you. Opening one eye, you see a small white horse sniffing the net. You sit up, and the horse skitters back with fear. It's okay, you whisper, holding out your hand. Come here, horse. The animal draws its head up proudly and says softly, Maybe you can't recognize me without my horn, but I'm still a unicorn. (laughs) I didn't know unicorns could talk, you exclaim. We do many things people don't know about, the unicorn answers. What happened to your horn? Just this morning, a warlock attacked me and cut it off. The unicorn explains sadly. <laughs> well, you see, shit. the horn holds my magic. Without it, I'll die by dawn. Oh, oh man. That sucks. That's terrible, you cry. Could a sorceress <laughs> save you? Maybe, answers the unicorn. I know one ritual to restore my horn, but I can't perform it myself. A sorceress might be able to help, but there's so little time. Tell me about this ritual, you urge the unicorn. It's called the Rainbow of Tears. It takes thousands of teardrops under the light of the moon to form the rainbow, says the unicorn. You want to help the unicorn, but you aren't sure whether you should run back to the sorceress or try to think of a way of creating the Rainbow of Tears yourself. If you decide to ask the sorceress for help, turn to page 78. If you offer to create the Rainbow of Tears, turn to page 82. I say we go to the sorceress. She might know a way to get get those tears. Like she might have a spell or something. That's why I say. I I agree. I feel like we're out of our element trying to do it ourselves. Right, trying to figure out how you can get a thousand tears. Yeah. <laughs> where's the Where's the third option? Just throw the net over the unicorn. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let him die. Might as well so, use it. Gotcha. Well, I, I'm guessing that we slit his throat and let him bleed him out in the well. It should fix it, right? There's got to be some magic in his blood. <laughs> Yeah, blood's probably as good as a horn, right? You race through the forest to get the sorceress. When you finally reach her chamber in the hills, the only thing you can see is a swarm of lavender moths glowing in the darkness. Help, help, the unicorn needs you, you shout at the moths. You feel silly talking to a bunch of insects and hope it's another of the sorceress's forms. The moths abruptly disappear. Great galloping goblins! Oops, <laughs> exclaims the sorceress. I just, just hold on while I find the light. The rich colors of the sunset fill suddenly fill the cave. Wrong one, she snaps. The next thing you know, it is broad daylight and the sorceress stands before you in her purple robe. You explain breathlessly what has happened to the unicorn. That's, te- that's terrible, she replies. I feel like I lost her voice. <laughs> yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. Fortunately, fortunately... I know two spells that may work. There we go. I could transform the unicorn. Can I start this page over again? <laughs> By all means. Yeah, go all ahead. right. You race through you the know, forest. What? You know where, where I? Uh, I think I heard that voice before. Where's that? <laughs> it sounded a little bit like Wimp Low from Kung Pao Enter the Fist. Oh, so yeah. these voices. Yeah, all of us do that. We Kung all Pao. end up doing her voice. Wee 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 wee. <laughs> That's why I asked no, about that, the tiny nut. <laughs> no, that's uh, that's Ling. I'm talking about Wimp Low, the one with the oh, milk yeah. dud nipples. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But, but, but Mr. Tank, I wanted to be the chosen one. <laughs> <laughs> I just watched that last week because it's just, that's why I asked about how big the net was. I was like, is it tiny? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is tiny. It is a tiny net. The tiny net. <laughs> <thing. laughs> 
<laughs> you race through the forest to get the sorceress. When you finally reach your chamber in the hills, the only thing you can see is a swarm of lavender moths glowing in the darkness. Help! Help! The unicorn needs you! You shout at the moths. You feel silly talking to a bunch of insects and hope it's another of the sorceress's forms. The moths abruptly disappear. Great galloping goblins! exclaims the sorceress. Just hold on while I find the light. The rich colors of sun, uh, sunset suddenly fill the cave. Wrong one, she snaps. The next thing you know, it is broad daylight and the sorceress stands before you in her purple robe. You explain breathlessly what has happened to the unicorn. That's terrible, she replies. Fortunately, I know two spells that may work. I could transform the unicorn back to a baby when it still had its horn. Or I could apply a healing potion to make the horn grow back. I must warn you, both potions are very tricky. Every now and then, the baby concoction turns into an old age spell instead. And what about the healing potion, you ask? Well, sometimes things grow back differently. <laughs> the horn could grow back as a butterfly's antenna or a deer's antler. The real problem is that neither of these spells is reversible. And I certainly don't want to be responsible for what happens. The choice is up to you. We can't oh ask the if you, unicorn. If you answer, please make the unicorn a baby again. Turn to page 85. If you tell the sorcerers to try the healing potion, turn to page 96. Oh, we can't ask the unicorn? Jeez, this seems like... <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're making some very, very <laughs> intricate life decisions for this unicorn that we literally just met. And the sorceress doesn't know the... Rainbow of Tears spell. Right. Yeah. And the thing is, is, the unicorn can talk. This isn't a unicorn that can't talk. I mean, I feel like we <laughs> left something out here. We didn't tell the sorcerers, hey, by the way, the unicorn talks. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like he sh should uh, make his own medical decisions. Right. Mm -hmm. There's a reason we have HIPAA. <laughs> Andy, what do you think? I don't know if a baby unicorn is going to be uh, of use to us. Well, I feel a baby unicorn will have just as much, just like a baby cobra. Yeah, like he'll have a lot of He'll have a lot magic. of magic power. Plus he he's sure. old he has the mind of an adult, so he will understand how to how it works. Plus he gets this whole extra long time to live. I think that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Don't forget that it could fuck up and just make the unicorn really old and still with no horn. He's gonna die by by morning anyway. Right, and the healing potion it might not bring back a unicorn horn. It could be, you know, and then the if left he... arm of Jeff Daniels or something, yeah, <laughs> or big floppy dildo, yeah. yeah, big floppy dildo, big beefy arm coming out the front side of his head, <laughs> big beefy arm, yeah, big side. beefy arm coming out of front of his head like that. I mean, that. there is a dragon in this book, apparently. So, <laughs> <laughs> make him a wing a ding unicorn. <laughs> I said consummate face, consummate. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I that's why I say let's go with the baby unicorn because if he gets old, he's going to die anyway. And then, yeah, if we if we try to change, give him his horn back and it's not a horn, he's going to die. He's going to die because he needs the magic from the horn. OK, that makes sense. So I say let's go with let's go with the baby option. Let's get, let's let's plus the baby unicorn. Adorable. Super cute. <laughs> All right. All right. Reverses age spell. Here we go. I love this baby spell, says the sorceress gleefully. I used it a lot when I was growing up. If my brothers or sisters annoyed me, I would just change them into infants. Why, one brother celebrated his first birthday 12 times. 
You laugh politely, but you're in a hurry to return to the unicorn. The sorceress rummages through her supply baskets. I'll need skin of the black snake, crumbled eggshells, and one more thing. What was it? Oh, yes, those dried flowers, baby's breath. All right, I'm ready. Should we bring a lantern, you ask? There's no need, she replies. I'll turn us both into the wind. She takes your hand, and before you know what's ha- what is happening, you are nothing but air rushing through the darkness. To the left, past those rocks. Oh, wait. To the left, past those rocks, you direct the sorceress. <laughs> Within minutes, you are there, back in human forms again. The unicorn smiles with relief. I didn't think you'd get here. Uh, I didn't think you'd get here in time. Your your worries are over, says the sorceress. She explains the spell and mixes the magical concoction. This is ready for you to eat, she tells the unicorn. You watch expectantly as the unicorn laps up the potion. Almost immediately, its horn grows back while its body shrinks. I I feel wonderful, exclaims the unicorn in a high, lilting voice. I know my horn is powerful enough to clean your well, but I must admit, I'm afraid. Until my legs grow longer, I'll be easy prey for that warlock. I'll take care of you, you offer eagerly. You can come, you can live with me and be my pet. The unicorn nuzzles you gratefully. I was hoping you'd say that. After the unicorn cleans the water in your well, the villagers adopt it as a mascot. It stays by your side for the rest of your life. The end. Hey, Unicorn, did you know that you sound like Gormer Pyle? (laughs) (laughs) Well, golly, I'd love to be your pet. (laughs) I'm going to go from being out in the woods to being in in closed. (laughs) I don't see a unicorn liking that. (laughs) Right? Oh, I can't wait to live inside your house. I don't like living in the woods where people can cut my horn off and use it for their dick potions. <laughs> hey, hey, what you doing? Are you uh, you trying to record a podcast? Yeah. Mind if I just snuggle up right next to you and yeah. tell you loudly how much I love you? Did you not know that unicorns also purr? (laughs) (laughs) Fucking cat. I love him to death, but damn it. (laughs) Every time we try to record a podcast, Harold's cat comes up and starts purring in the mic. (laughs) Immediately. He will be nowhere for three hours. And the second that I turn on the mic, he's right under my feet, purring as loud as he can. (laughs) (laughs) And it has showed up in... uh, in his audio file, as <laughs> as I, the editor, can attest to. But yeah, happy ending. So, uh, I mean, we found a unicorn. We got the magic of the unicorn. And uh, we get to keep a unicorn. And we yeah. also got discovered by archaeologists. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That happened, but we erased it. <laughs> that didn't they... count. Yep. We went back in time ourselves. We erased it with a slide whistle. Yep. <laughs> we only had to use our one mulligan. Yep. It's true. That came pretty quick, too, though. Yeah, that first end, or even the second end here, is only, I mean, it really didn't take that long to get there. I'm curious to know if we could have found the sorceress uh, the other way, like going to the church. Back at the church? Yeah. Yeah, let's go back to the church. I'd be okay with going back to the church. I don't remember what page that was. Okay. All right. Because after that, I was like, but a bat would live in a church belfry for sure. So (laughs) 
<laughs> then I was like, dang it. <laughs> right. Okay, maybe I made a bad decision. But nope, we saved the unicorn, so I'm happy. <laughs> I was thinking once we found that secondary cave, like we went in there and then we died. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like I feel like we're gonna find a decent ending and it won't take us all too long to do that. So let's Man. let's go back again. I just hope we find that dragon. <laughs> When you go inside the church, Brother Michelle looks up from the candle candelabrum he is polishing. I was just wishing for some company. What are you up to, my friend? <laughs> I'm looking for the sorceress, you explain your interpretation of the you explain your interpretation of the riddle. Brother Michelle chokes his chin. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hold what? on. Okay. <laughs> Hold chokes on. his chin. <laughs> so <laughs> When you go inside what? the church, <laughs> I'm starting that one over. It was strokes his chin, and I said chokes his chin. <laughs> yeah, yeah after, just after he's polishing his, uh, his <laughs> he's polishing his, his candel- candelabrum. Okay. <laughs> when you go inside the church, Brother Michelle looks up from the candelabrum he is polishing. I was just wishing for some company. What are you up to, my friend? <laughs> I'm looking for the sorceress, you explain. Your interpretation... You- <laughs> I love that he's bubs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking for the sorceress, you explain your interpretation of the riddle. Brother Michelle strokes his chin. I don't believe anyone has ever considered the graveyard or the steeple when figuring out that riddle. So you may be on the right track. The next line of the riddle says to watch which way the bat goes, you tell him. Have you ever seen bats here? Plenty, he exclaims. (laughs) At night, they fly around the steeple. I've heard them down in the cellar, too. Although I never actually go there. I didn't know there was a cellar under the church. Oh, there's a crawl space there, but it's too small to be very useful, says Brother Michelle. Not only that... It's so infested with spiders, and no one dares set foot in it. It would be cl- a clever place to the, for the sorceress to hide. If I had the courage, I'd look there. <laughs> Sorry. You were tempted to investigate the cellar, even though you don't like the idea of running into a web full of spiders. You also remind yourself that the riddle mentions a place that's high but low, and the cellar doesn't fit that description, as well as the steeple does. If you want to explore the steeple, turn to page 10. If you think the cellar is a better choice, turn to page 19. (laughs) Yeah, I would say the steeple in that, uh, like, if we're looking for bats. Yeah, I agree, because... Okay. Why would you go in the cellar to look for a bat? That doesn't make any sense. (laughs) Yeah, it seems like a problem. Hey, Brother Michelle, have you seen a bat around here? No, but I tell you what I have seen. I see trees of green, <laughs> red roses too. <laughs> oh, it's funny because I was like trying for like some kind of mix of a bobcat goldthwait. Nope, <laughs> nope, nope. Just Louis Armstrong. Yep, straight up Louis Armstrong. <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> Will you help me climb the steeple, you ask Brother Michelle? I'll hoist you onto the rafter, but after that, you're on your own, he says. I'm afraid to climb that high. Brother Michelle lifts you over his head up toward the rafter. You grab the beam. After a few seconds of scrambling, you right yourself safely on the rafter. What are you going to do next? Calls Brother Michelle nervously. You look around. See that rope dangling from the church bell? Would you please move it closer so I can grab hold of it and climb all the way to the top of the steeple? 
He takes hold of the bottom of the rope and carries it toward you. I can't bring it any closer, he says. I'll have to take a leap. Let's hope I can grab that rope, you tell him with more confidence than you actually feel. Here goes. (laughs) And splat. (laughs) You hurl your body toward the rope and miraculously manage to grab it tightly. As you sway from side to side, the clanging of the bell is almost deafening. Oh, no, wails Brother Michelle. (laughs) Now the whole village will come running to find out why the bell is ringing. Just wait till they see how I've allowed you to climb all over the church. (laughs) (laughs) You pay no attention. A trap door by the base of the bell has swung open, releasing a frightened bat. It flutters anxiously around you, then swoops out the window below. What's behind the door? that door up there, you ask Brother Michelle? I had no idea it was there, he replies. <laughs> <laughs> then the next line of the riddle. That did sound like Bobcat. <laughs> watch, <laughs> watch which way the bat doth go springs into your mind. You think you should probably follow the bat out the window, but you're very curious about the trap door. If you begin climbing down the, to follow the bat, turn to page 51. If you can't wait a minute longer to find out what's behind the trap door, turn to page 73. Didn't we already go to page 51? Yeah, take a peek at 51. Maybe it like converges we, yeah, it might, on the- It might have uh, converged into that same story. On, on the finding the, the sorceress in the secondary cave. Nope. No, it's a different page? Okay. Yep. I believe we went hmm. to 49. Well, I say we follow that bat because that's what the, the poem said to do. Wonderful, because there's more Brother Michelle, and I really want to just keep digging this hole. (laughs) Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Could you tell me where that bat went, you asked Brother Michelle as you climbed down? He dashes out and hurries back. It's sitting on the ledge outside the window. (laughs) You swing the rope toward the rafter and jump to the beam. The bell dangles, clangs crazily. I'll distract the villagers so they don't scare the bat away, Brother Michelle tells you. You thank him. I'm going to lower myself onto the windowsill, then go out on the ledge, you say. Taking a deep breath, you step through the window onto the narrow wooden ledge. The sun-scorched wood feels hot on your bare feet. You flatten your back against the building and try to control the dizziness that threatens to overwhelm you. The bat cocks its head at you expectantly, then flutters further along the ledge. You are terrified to take another step. You squeeze your eyes shut, conscious only of the blood pounding in your ears. You finally force yourself to open your eyes. The bat is still waiting. As you edge toward it, an enormous splinter pierces your foot. Unbearable pain pulses up your leg, filling your entire body. Your leg jerks into the air and your arms fly out in a desperate attempt to steady yourself, but there is nothing to grab. You scream with horror as you plummet to the ground. When you regain consciousness, a crowd of villagers is gathered around you. You're alive! Thank heaven! cries Marie Claire. <laughs> yes, but you've broken both legs, says Brother Michelle. Excuse you me, know your search f- <laughs> yeah, You know your search for the sorceress is over. The end. Uh. Aww. Wow. <laughs> Gruesome. <laughs> well, at least we, we got one good ending in there. Yeah, you got a solid good ending. We got a you good got- ending where we saved Gormer Pyle the unicorn. <laughs> One ending, you died, and another ending, we you broke know, our legs. <laughs> you broke your legs. We're so now- chasing a bat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because we tried to follow the the riddle properly. Like I was about, I was gonna say, like let's go to the trap door because I want to meet a uh, an ending. I want to 
to uh, to fail. Well, we did so just fail. Ma- yeah. <laughs> ma- yeah, we did. But we wound up failing. Yep. So maybe the uh, maybe the church wasn't a pathway to the sorceress at all. It's possible. There's also a possibility that trapdoor would have led to some other things because remember there was a dragon, there was a warlock. Mm-hmm. We've not. We didn't run into either of those. Mm-hmm. There are too many endings for us to try to find them all. Right. There are 27 endings in this book. Tonight. So yeah. I can revisit I'm, this. God damn it, Josh. I know you hate <laughs> revisiting, but we have so many no. endings. We have right. so many books to get to. Right. <laughs> Just buy the damn book for yourself and read it for yourself and right. try to yeah. get all the endings. Also that. Check out. Yeah, The Magic of the Unicorn. It, I thought it was a fun book. I yeah. had a good time with I it. Had a, I had an enjoyable time. I do want to borrow it, was it fun. so I can. I want to find that dragon. See if you can read it without using my uh, my voices. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good luck not hearing Louis Armstrong out of <laughs> yeah. Brother Michelle. That's not what I was going for, but hey, <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> It just so happens that when I gravel my voice, I told you guys that when I try to gravel my voice, I sound like a blues singer. <laughs> like, I, I sound like a blues singer. I can't help it. <laughs> it's just something that happens when I do this with my voice. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we head out of here, we wanted to give a shout out to some friends who are also making awesome content uh, come from our area. We got Marcus Morgan also known as Shaman, who does some uh, streaming on Facebook gaming. And that's uh, that's C-H-A-M-O-N. Uh, he was streaming some Final Fantasy VII earlier, and he's on a kick to try and get 250 return viewers right now. So if you're into, if you're into streaming gaming, uh, check him out on Facebook. Yeah, he's pretty fun to watch. He's very engaged with uh, with people in the chat, and he's a he's a stand up guy. That Marcus, I absolutely Marcus is one of my favorite people. That's Shamon C H A M O N. We also got a shout out for our, our friends Matt Mays and Mark Reichert of the Matty Ice and Marky Mark podcast. They're a couple of uh, video game store managers from our area who uh, put together a pretty kick ass video game podcast. I am a big fan of their uh, Fat Guys Face Fucking Food portion of their show. <laughs> yep, and, they discuss uh, everything from horrendous customers to uh, horrendous food that they have recently ingested. Very, very cool. Yeah, that's. Uh, I say that's a show, fellas. I would agree. Yeah, we found the magic of the unicorn. The magic of mm-hmm. the unicorn exists, and it is a animal that chooses subjugation. <laughs> Couldn't have been happier to become a pet. Yep. A talking I mean, we did pet. save its life. We saved its life, but I mean, clearly, if this thing is able to talk to us without us having the magic to talk to an animal, it, it has to have more thoughts going on than, hey, pet me. I want to I wanna come bug you in your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Feed me food. Oh, man. Can you imagine if animals really did talk and you tried to do a podcast? (laughs) I would agree with you at that point. If animals could talk, like everybody's like, I wish my dog could talk. I do not wish my dog could talk. I cannot imagine the (laughs) dumbass shit they would say. (laughs) I would be like you. I'd be like, I don't want pets. Keep them. (laughs) (laughs) Pay attention to me. Hey, look at my butthole. 
You see the ball? You see the ball? You see the ball? You see the ball? Yes, I see the fucking ball, dude. I see the fucking hey, ball. Hey, someone's coming in the door. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey. New person in the door. Someone's at the door. <laughs> yes, it's me for the third time because I'm working outside and coming in the house. Stop yelling at me. <laughs> oh, God, I thought you were gone forever. Oh, I'm so glad you're back. <laughs> My butthole tastes like candy. <laughs> The cat left me treats in the box again. I love them. They're my favorite. <laughs> All right. Next week, we're going to come back at you with our uh, our chapter two recap episode of Reliterated or Reiterated. We're going to discuss our, uh, our collection of books written by women and uh, have a discussion on how that went, among other topics. So come back next week for that. And thank you for listening to Reliterated, brought to you by the Chocolate Milk Friends. If you enjoyed us, please share us with your friends. Subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podcast Addict, Podbean, Google Podcasts, or any other podcast app that uh, pulls from these sources. And we'd really appreciate your reviews and ratings. Uh, Give us some high marks and help us grow. So until next time, give a shit, read some lit. Thank you for listening. Thanks, everyone.